Oh. I didn't notice you sitting right there next to me. You might be curious about how you got here. Well, first, let me tell you what this is. This is the Raconteur Collection, Chapter 4, Episode 5. Raconteur Collection is a podcast about everything and nothing all at the same time. It is hosted by the brothers, Jack and Charlie. And today, returning for his second time, we have Jack Henry, patron, longtime listener, some would say the true brains behind the show. No, some wouldn't say that. But we've got an exciting episode lined up for you today. We got spirited away on the table. You already know that by clicking on the episode. But, you know, as we usually do on the Raconteur Collection, we're going to hop in with some housekeeping. Jack Henry, as you're the guest, how have you been, hey. man? How's your, how have you been? How's life? You know, catch us up since, God, you're a little... What the Last of Us it was the last uh, one you did? So months I ago. think I've, many like it's almost. I mean, almost been a year. I guess uh, mm. when, when we recorded it, I think we recorded like in October of last year, and then didn't get released until I think January or something. So right, um, right, yeah, yeah. So now we're like week by week, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess uh, things have been uh, pretty pretty good, I guess, over the last, I mean, well, uh, generally speaking or personally speaking, things have been uh, right. all right. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as um, I'm still working at a, uh, at a thrift store uh, here in northwest Arkansas. I live in, in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, and uh yeah i've just been working uh things are starting to open up i uh prior to the pandemic worked at a um like a broadway theater in fayetteville and that Mm. closed down for uh the last year or so and things are starting to open up we're not like full swing yet but i'm starting to like get shifts shifts there um which is good um so i'm excited to kind of uh, pick things up there. Um, yeah, uh, been doing some like writing and some like small projects, Mm. uh, here and there whenever I can. Um, honestly, uh, there's been a lot of this, uh, this podcast and, um, yeah, listening to you guys and, uh, hearing your inspirations and like how you go about your creative processes that have kind of helped, I think, spur me. Um, that's awesome. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think hearing about like you finishing your book, Charlie, has been uh, I think helpful for me to kind of um, starting to kind of get into the routine of like writing <laughs> daily. And I'm still not right. uh, not there yet. Not um, not in the yeah writing daily uh, uh, habit. But um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get there and um so it's yeah it's it's been good um yeah so that's awesome. a like short version of me yeah but excited no, to be I'm, back yeah it's it's great to have you back i mean i you know honestly like the last of us part two episode is was one of my favorite episodes to do just because yeah. it you know for how i get and it's funny because like in retrospect, I don't think the game is that divisive. In fact, I think it's just a great game, like period. Yeah. But 
it was nice to jump into that conversation and have somebody who played it and who has like a very, I don't know, like a very um, creative focused mind going at it as well. Yeah. Because I think like, especially like with you, Jack Henry, and then we have Jack who I think is so much better at like the gameplay aspect of things that mm-hmm. having both of those, I think you brought as to usual. Table. So that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, all right. Jack, the other half, the Rack and Tour collection. Yes. My man, my brother. Jay Moans. Jay Moans. How you doing, man? Uh, you know, doing all right. It's been a pretty uh, rough week or so for us. I mean, Jack, you and you guys both know why. Why is there a yeah. sticker on the. Uh, but, you know, just trying to hold things down. Um, you know, going yeah. back to work tonight and, you know. Just kind of trying to keep things keep things going. So not much has really been going yeah. on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, you know, just kind of playing some games, getting back on the Tarkov a little bit, and we're still trying to catch that elusive victory in Warzone. Yeah. So sure. So, so true. elusive. We got. I mean, that's that's second, kind of second place today. Oh my gosh! It was. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> And this time yeah, it, that, it was literally if we had like a flashbang or a stun grenade, it, it would have we would have mm. won. But it was just so Jack threw his C four. He didn't realize he had C four, so he threw it, and the guy threw his Simtex just at the same time. Simtex blew up the C four, almost killing Jack, so he couldn't do anything. Ugh. And then I run okay. up, and the guy downs me, and it just yeah, it was it was rough. Yeah. But yeah, you know we were playing good, so I can't be too mad. Uh, yeah. We're playing well. Superman does good, so. <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, I don't have as much to Superman talk about. Is all right. <laughs> I don't have much, as much to talk about as as Jack does, but that's kind of how it's been going. So, yeah, got Jack. You doing that? Where you're like, we did well. Superman does good. That reminds me of <laughs> God. This is such a deep cut. But in high school, we had this teacher named Doctor Lee. Doing, I'm going to know oh, her. Doctor Lee. She would always say. You don't raise a child, you raise a flag. You rear a child. <laughs> that's always stuck with me. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's that's a. I don't know why. It oh, just for some hilarious. reason. I always remember her turning on. Out of those boring, boring ass classes. That's I always remember, I remember her turning on videos <laughs> and like, you know, that we'd watch. Like it'd be like for a week straight, we'd just watch these boring videos on. I don't even remember what, but. You know, me and my all friends. All stuff I'd probably appreciate way more nowadays. Yeah. Than I would when but I was you're that showing, young. you know, 16 year old kids like these historical documents that are just like, and then in 1783, when, you know, and then, so my friend Gio, he's all there asleep. And then she's back there yeah. asleep as well. You know, so it's like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not yeah, much of an good. American history person. And that class was a slog yeah. for me. Oh my gosh. So. Yeah. Well, guys, Which I, you yeah. know, I. Oh no, sorry. I. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go. I've been doing pretty good. Um. Yeah, as I was gonna say, how are you got doing the book out? Yeah, I'm still like. It's interesting because, I know in our inspirations episode we talked a lot about how I feel kind of you know rudderless without having this big project to work on. That feeling has kind of subsided. You know, the more time passes. And now I'm just kind of in that excited stage, like waiting to hear back, like what, you know, people think and what Mm -hmm. needs to be improved. Because in my mind, it's like, you know, I already have a list of bullet points about what I want to change, what I want to do for the next rewrite. Like thinking about like doing like a much more fundamental rewrite, but I have to stop myself because I'm like, 
but you're the only person who's read this, Charlie. So like you need the feedback first before you just go and like change it again. So, you know, I'm excited to get that. Uh, yeah. And I mean, other than that doing well, I mean, work has just been work. I often like to say at work that, you know, my job right now just kind of funds doing stuff like this funds my writing. And so like work is work and I'm lucky that I have good people I work with and Mm -hmm. usually one of the biggest things. So I can't, can't complain too much. Uh, you know, in other like random news, I have to give a shout out to this game I've been playing. Got a new laptop recently. It's been really helpful for recording, but I, with that, I was actually able to play some games on it now and, uh, got on steam, download this game called Hades by super giant. Got to tell you guys when this game, if this game comes to PlayStation, this game is so good. It's a roguelike game. Yeah. Really. And it's done with like, uh, the really in-depth backdrop of Greek mythology. Replay of Zagreus, who's the hidden son of Hades and Persephone. And the whole story of the game, because, you know, most roguelikes are designed to, you play, you do your run, you die, and you try again. You know, you mm-hmm. get better. Yeah. You're unlocking stuff. Well, what's so good about this game is the whole story and the whole way you play it and the whole push and how you, like, evolve relationships with characters, it's all based around doing these runs. So, you know, if you die in the underworld, you're brought back to the pool of blood. You come out. All the characters have new things so you can check up on the characters. Even if you lost, even if you had a horrible run, you still have, like, progress to, like, unlock and new conversations to listen to. I just, probably 30-ish hours in, I just rolled the credits. And I still feel like there's so much more for me to do and so much more for me to play that I'm just excited to keep playing. So, it's gotten a lot of praise already. And, yeah, it's well-deserved for all of that praise. So if you guys ever get the chance to play it, I mean, I highly recommend the game. I think it's really, really good. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's been on my list for a while. I, um, yeah, I have, it's on switch. And so I've been, mm-hmm. um, wanting be perfect to, on switch. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been wanting to, to get it on the switch. And so, um, at some point soon after I've finished the game, other games that I've bought, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll I'll definitely pick it up because I've only heard just great. Yeah, I've I've seen it. some gameplay of it, and yeah. it does look. I mean, stylistically, and also just how fluid you can you know get to in that game. It looks really you know enticing. Mm-hmm. Don't know yeah. if it's like a game for me, but I do want to try it. So, yeah, it. Uh, I don't know if you guys have played this game, but there was a game called that Dead Cells that came out, yes. which was also a roguelike game. Uh, Dead Cells felt amazing to play like just every once in a while you know you play those games where you're like wow this just feels good to play like even if you're not doing well or doing poorly like there's something about the game um i feel like doom like the new doom games do this well as you know really good as well Mm -hmm. but uh yeah like hades definitely has that aspect and it's it's just kind of incredible to me like the amount of design and detail that went into this game i mean so much so that so if you accept like a boon or like a power up from Zeus, when you accept a power up from Poseidon, he'll be like, "Oh, I see that you have accepted this boon from my brother Zeus. Ha ha ha! Here, take this one that goes along with it." And like the game is like reading what you're doing at all times, and so it can like integrate these story moments in this totally kind of like random, semi-random way. And it's just like it's wild. I'm like, how do they? No wonder they did this game in early access. Like, I think they did it in early access to get all of that player data so they could, like, just beef it out. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But 
I will say. Um, can I read a bit of feedback on the last episode? Yeah. Oh, we have yeah, one no, from Jay Hens himself. Great. Great call. Uh, love the new episode. Oh, man, I just really want to get. Uh, I just really like getting a view into what who you guys are and the inspirations into your creativity. What brings you joy? These episodes are always my favorite. Very excited to talk about Spirited Away, which is consequently happening right now. And we don't talk about House Moving Castle, but I don't want to call dibs on it. Would like to call dibs on The yeah. Wind Rises, though, Miyazaki's underrated masterpiece. So, Yeah, and you know what? When I read that message, I was like, you know what? I haven't seen The Wind Rises, so that oh yeah, would be goodness. a perfect one. I, yeah. I absolutely love it. I Yeah. Mm, um, watch that. We'll get into it, but I was, um, I was listening to... Uh, yeah, your last week's episode and i was i think at specific moments um uh i was like oh man we're gonna be talking about spirited away next week i am so so excited because you guys talked about yeah. all of your inspirations and honestly like spirited away is like one of my biggest ones just as a as a creative person so it's like yeah uh, it's yeah. kind of it's almost like a part two of inspirations but on one specific yeah film yeah so. definitely so yeah. you also like mentioned and we'll probably get into this more but you talked about like raya and the last dragon and sort of this like yeah disneyfication of like animated films and i was like we're we're watching kind of the perfect i the perfect yeah. animated film which yeah, yeah I, I think this is it yeah, yeah. it's a masterpiece and then, so i'm excited to like really dig into, yeah, into and we got it. one from a few messages from michael here um also to elaborate on one of my favorite podcasts um uh the hashish in releases all episodes early for patrons so he's talking about kind of we talked about doing some patreon exclusive kind of stuff and or patreon early things like mini shows right. that kind of stuff and so he's yeah. he kind of gave us some feedback for not making it patreon exclusive but kind of you know patreon early releases and so again i'd like to ask everyone who's listening if you're a patreon you know we actually have a poll over there i believe or a post that try posted just mm-hmm. like hey yeah what are you guys thoughts on patreon early stuff or exclusive things um so that's over there. Um, like Michael said, love the poll. You should do that over there for, over there more often for more engagement, which is great. And then mm-hmm. also, talking about inspiration, he said he inspired me to connect with an old friend to possibly start our own podcast. So, you know, mm-hmm. and not only yeah. did it touch Jack, but also touched Michael in a way. So I think it's it's very cool that we're able to actually, you know, do that kind of stuff. I swear, like... We're not in high school anymore. <laughs> Sorry. No, I just think of the the school of rock cr- yeah. quote. Yeah, I've touched all these kids, <laughs> and I think they've touched me too. Okay, no, 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 that's good. That's good. Oh, uh, we got. Anyway, we should anyway, do anyway, it. School of rock. School of rock. So good. All right, I let's get let's get into the, this movie. Try if we can take it away. I was uh, I was cracking up because I was like, Jack's like, let me read some feedback from Jack Henry, and the Jack Henry's feedback is like, God, the most recent episode sucked. I just. <laughs> Dude, all right jack in that hot seat <laughs> <laughs> all right everyone well as you know we're Let's talking to the meat of it the meat of it spirited away 2001 japanese animated film written and directed by hayao miyazaki released july 20th in japan to universal acclaim and then released under disney in america on december 20th spirited away just a couple of quick things and mainly I wanted to go over this because for people who haven't seen Spirited Away, it is really on par and I would say above 
you know, a lot of the Disney classic movies when we think of like Lion King or Aladdin or, you know, it is just as good and if not better. And I just, in, you know, it, it would totally was shown when it was released. It won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, the first hand-drawn non-English film to win the award. And Spirited Away was the highest grossing animated film. However, recently it was surpassed by the Demon Slayer movie, the Mugen yeah, Train movie, whatever. which is interesting. Uh, a couple of interesting notes. Mentioned this before the podcast started. The Japanese title literally translated. I wrote the Japanese title down. I would butcher it, so I'm not even going to try. But the Japanese title is literally translated as Sin and Chihiro's Spiriting Away. Um, for those who have watched the movie, uh, the young girl Chihiro is spirited away to kind of a magical spirit world. And she's renamed Sin um, in that world, which I always thought was interesting. I think that's actually a really interesting aspect of the movie. And then also I thought it was very telling that the Japanese title includes Sin and Chihiro as two separate people, which I think was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys don't mind, going to dive into just some interesting notes I took even before I started watching the movie. I wanted to get a little bit deeper into the idea of being spirited away. So I'll take it away here. Yeah, you do that. So in English... Spirit away is just to just means to remove somebody without anyone noticing. And it's kind of an interesting, it's just kind of there. And like a lot of entries about being spirited away and especially from like an American perspective, they're not that filled out. I know that like they brought up like the legend of sleepy hollow as an instance of somebody being spirited away, but I didn't think it quite matched up with, you know, the title of Mm -hmm. the movie spirited away, but in Japanese folklore, spiriting away is really you're being like taken from our world and rather than traditional gods or angels you're interacting with the kami the spirits the phenomena or holy powers that are venerated in their like kind of buddha like buddhist shinto religion and the kami are like everything so and i've always really loved this about just that like this cultural aspect is that they can be parts of these spirits can be like parts of the landscape. They can be forces of nature. They can even be more well-formed, you know, fully humanoid figures that express the qualities that they represent. They're not separate from nature, but they're a part of nature. And as they're a part of nature, they're both good and bad, positive and negative. They're just manifestations of like this interconnected energy of the universe, which is really cool. Um, But the Kami, and this I think is, probably the most telling the kami the spirits they're hidden from our world into a parallel world which is exactly like ours but just full of these spirits called shinkai which is the world of the kami the kami and so i thought that was really interesting how that you know there is especially a moment in the movie where they cross what almost feels like a boundary when they go through that old kind of dilapidated like uh, entrance to the theme park and the movie i think sells that moment really well this like crossing this unknown crossing how they're you know just passed into another world and uh a couple of thoughts i had after i doing this research i don't think that this knowledge is really required to understand or enjoy the movie but it clarifies some aspects about the film especially when it comes to the the kind of heart and the weirdness that comes with spirited away i mean the most famous example I love is that when our mom watched the movie, she was like, this movie is just weird. What's going on? And I think it's because 
a lot of these ideas come from a totally different culture from ours. I mean, different versions of spirits, philosophy, and religion. So I think that's kind of an important note just because, you know, as with a lot of like our mythology, which goes back to, I mean, like Tolkien and dragons and goblins and orcs, it's very different. Mm-hmm. And even when we go into like our religions, you know, I mean, America was, you know, what purist founded. So it's like, there's like a heritage that goes way back with this movie that I would love at some point in my life to be able to talk to like, like a native person who was born in Japan and be able to say like, Hey, like, what are some of these things? Cause I bet you they recognize a lot of the different spirits and can be like, Oh, that's supposed to be that. That's supposed to be that. Whereas as we see it and we're just like, why is that duck wearing a leaf as a hat? <laughs> that's a question I've always wondered. Yeah. But why is there a turnip guy? Exactly. <laughs> Massive yeah. turnip man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to kind of put that at the top because I feel like that was really interesting to me and I love delving into it. In fact, doing some of the research for that, I was like, God, I kind of like doing research like this. It's just love delving into other mythologies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But Jack Henry, as you're the guest, oh. I'm going to toss it to you just for, as we kind of discussed before the show, but just for your top down view of the movie. I mean, you don't have to get into the weeds here, but anything you want to bring up as far as themes, like art style, some just like big motifs that you like found really interesting or just really like what stood out to you the most, like this, this is the time, this is your stage mm-hmm. So take it away. Um, yeah. I mean, just, I guess to give sort of a brief, I guess, summary of, of the film is it's about this, uh, young girl. She's probably about 10 years old. She is, you know, moving to a new home, a new school. She's leaving behind, you know, her friends and her, her old home and, and basically going into this, um, you know, strange place, obviously not, uh, uh, strange sort of outside of the imagination, but, um, you know, she's moving to a new city. Um, and basically on the way, uh, they get, lost and find themselves in this abandoned town and uh her parents um and we can kind of get into the details but her she gets separated from her parents uh Mm. and basically after dark all of the spirits in this town come out and she is basically transported to this um uh, new sort of world and so you know this this film is kind of all about her sort of um yeah it, it, i mean it's a coming of age story it's about uh mm-hmm. chihiro's um learning to uh, uh survive in this new um strange world and um you know kind of befriending people along the way and how um you know even though uh, all of these kind of people and uh, spirits that she meets um, are are different, like very different from her. She like finds a way to um, connect with them. And ultimately like that is how she uh, basically succeeds in, um, yeah, getting back to her home and, and reconnecting with, with her parents is, is through this like, learning to uh survive and 
um, connect with the, the people around her, which I, I think is, you know, um, at its, at its core, it is about like going to a new place and Mm -hmm. making that your home, um, which is presented like in the first, you know, 10 minutes of the film. Um, but it is presented in this like strange and wondrous and magical, uh, spirit realm. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what, uh, the movie is, you know, sort of about, um, Mm -hmm. so yeah. Great. Now, Hmm. Jack, I want to toss it to you and, I want to, yes. I'm interested in two things. You know, first is the same question I passed to Jack Henry. So what's your top down view of the movie? But second, you know, after we've done our anime episodes, we did the one with Michael, we did our own. Um, we talk about anime a lot on the show, but how does this one fit in to your mm-hmm. enjoyment of anime? And like, where do you kind of rank this movie in terms of like the movies and the anime that you love? I, I, I'm kind of interested to know that as well. Okay. So my top down this movie is, you know, we watched it initially when we were like really young and mm-hmm. it was a movie that I really enjoyed at the time as well. Although I remember the first time I watched it, I think I was sick. And after seeing the part where... <laughs> Like, she sees that her no parents face. are pigs. I remember yeah. going to the bathroom and throwing up. So I had a yeah. bit of a weird yeah. experience with it. But I, I did I did like the movie. Uh, it also, I mean, later whenever we watched it, a year, couple years down the road, I was like, man, the music is really good. And that kind yes. of, this movie kind of started my appreciation for a lot of music in these, mm. you know, animated movies and stuff like that. Especially Miyazaki movies. You know, the music is just very well done. And yeah. sets the tone beautifully. Yeah. The animation, out of this world, you know, it's hand-drawn. It looks very good, detailed. And, like, you know, it definitely sets the atmosphere the, for the whole movie very well. So, uh, I like it a lot. And I like the, as Charlie kind of brought up, like, the mythology and the folklore. I do like those aspects a lot. And especially, like, watching it when you're younger and it being a completely different culture's folklore you're like what like none of this makes any sense you know but as a kid you're very you know you know enthralled by what you're seeing because it's so foreign uh and as you grow up you kind of have an appreciation for it because then you realize like oh like every culture has like these you know very distinct stories and you know beings that are either based on you know ancient tales or whatever you know what i mean so I think this movie ranks for me really low, and I'm just kidding. It's, <laughs> I don't know, it's hard because I almost think of this movie and all all other Miyazaki movies, basically like Studio Ghibli movies, I kind of rank them on a different scale, and I kind of just put them against mm-hmm. each other rather than like, you know, other movies, because there's just something special about Studio Ghibli movies. That aren't yeah. like other movies. So, I mean, yeah. this one, it's probably in my top three Studio Ghibli movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it's it's pretty high up there. And I, you know, I don't watch it as often as I watch some other, you know, animated movies. <laughs> Sound voice. But I do really like this movie a lot, so. Yeah. You know, I think what stands out to most to me is 
you can see a very clear trajectory with a lot of Miyazaki's movies. And, you know, going from something like Nausicaa or Princess Mononoke, you get a lot of maybe the more fantasy aspect of the spirits and during a time, an earlier period in history where the spirits were more active and then even tracing it to my neighbor Totoro, which I feel like is actually very similar to this movie in terms of spirit showing up to, you know, young girls like those aspects. And I think that's kind of like perfected in spirited away. There's something about spirited away that I, from a top down point, the movie's never scared to let a moment rest with you. And just, I mean, just to bring it up, there's right in the beginning, I mean, you get it, where there have this really, really, and the composer, his name is Joe Hisashi. He works with Miyazaki on most of his, you know, most of the movies. But the moment of crossing, when the reality hits home that they've gone into a different place, and Chihiro's standing kind of at the edge in the wind, like howls through the building and kind of pushes her mm-hmm. away and it kind of pushes her into the other world. There's the movie kind of just lets you rest with that. And it lets, there's a lot of moments in this movie where you could say, Oh man, the pace is kind of slow, but there tends to be a lot of things happening. And then also a lot of time for the quiet contemplation moments, which I love. I mean, yeah, just to say it like right up front and we'll talk about it more later. But the train scene at the close to the end of the movie is probably the best part of the movie. And I think it is just masterfully done. I mean, Chihiro is just an animated character, but like, I totally believe her journey. Like I totally believe in her determination and her willingness to like do this and to like, you know, put herself in danger. And like Jack Henry said, I mean, it's just a coming of age story, but it's, but God, it's good. I mean, this goes to show you that, yeah, like stories like this have been told, but it's the way you tell the story that's important. And the way that Spirited Away tells and kind of weaves its narrative is really, really incredible. And I think something that, especially as a creative, I'm kind of just like in awe of. I'm like, how did they, how did they get mm-hmm. it so perfect? There's only one part of this movie where I'm like, guy, I wish I gotten more. And we'll get into that later. But mm-hmm. even then, in that moment, I'm still happy with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like they they hit it and they continually hit it. Like, I mean, I think you could say a lot of the same things about like Howl's Moving Castle or, you know. Well, here. Yeah, so, I think, I actually I think yeah, there's no, just these great moments of, yeah, silence and serenity um, that I think are necessary to basically absorb you into this world. Mm. Like this is so, um, yeah, sort of beyond, I mean, I, I keep saying beyond the imagination and, and in a way, I mean, obviously it is uh, a work of art and so it is part of our imagination, but it is kind of a step out of, um, yeah, the, the sort of normal imagination that we would have. And so I think these moments of just like quiet and um, that we can just sit and observe are, are so necessary to, yeah, really absorb you into the, the film and, and the world that it is um, creating. Hmm. Yeah. 
Jack, did you have something to say? No, yeah. So, I mean, this movie is kind of a good, especially the beginning. Um, you don't need a lot going on to have a lot going on, if that makes sense. You know, like yeah. a lot of it yeah. in, in the silence and the Very moments that are, you know, that seem, quote unquote, slow. There's so much going on still that once you watch the movie like a second time, you're like, oh, like, you know what I mean? Like it, it kind of all starts piecing together the more you watch these movies because there's a lot going on even when there isn't. And I also want to say that mm-hmm. this movie is the first movie that introduced me to uh, the kind of almost through line of parents in all Studio Ghibli movies that they're kind of all irresponsible in a way. <laughs> like, you watch how fast yeah. that dad is driving through this unknown road and then like screeches like, to I've a home. four wheel drive. <laughs> but then you, you even go to like Ponyo and the mom was like, hold on, we're going to go. You know, drive through this tor- like this, yeah. You know, torrential rain and this, like, this like, on the edge, and like at one point, what's his name? Sosuke like flies out of the car and she catches him. And it's like make sure you wear your <laughs> just like grabs him and like without like missing or, a beat. You know, you yeah. heard, like the parents in Housewoman Castle that you know are like the mom's like, oh, I haven't seen you in so long. Where is she? Oh, you just have a cold. Okay, you know, and then like the mom is like so like flagrant. Bye. Yeah, and it's yeah. So, like, all the parents of these movies are just kind of bad parents, but that makes them kind of good characters. Yeah, yeah it's it's interesting, like, I... So, we'll get... We'll dive right into just characters, because I feel like characters are always a good way to kind of go through some of these points. But to focus on, like, Chihiro's parents, of like, right away, the first note I took was, God, Chihiro's parents kind of suck. I understand having a child who is moping in the back of a car would be annoying like i get it like i get the reality of that but they themselves are so detached from the reality of what's going on in their daughter's world that they're kind of just like they're treating her like an adult but it feels like they're being kind of standoffish to her which is a through line that most of the characters in this movie have with chihiro i even said like with kamaji and with uh Oh, God, what's her name? The uh, lady. Lynn. Lynn, yeah. Like, a lot of the characters are just kind of jerks to her, but each character does show her compassion. And you get the feeling, it's like almost more of like a uh, indifference because it's like, no, they have a job to do. This is what they're doing, and nobody's going to get in the way of that. But then when Chihiro actually needs help, like, they do help her. You know what I mean? But it's, Mm -hmm. it's so interesting how... There's, everybody's very standoffish to her. It's very unlike, I don't know, a Disney movie where the main characters are seem to gather around them, like other people who are very like kind and gentle, or you know what I mean. Like the people who like help her are like, oh man, keep up. You're gonna be in a little dud. You're slow, and it's just like and you see that in Chihiro's parents. Yeah. And so, uh, Jay Moans. I'll pass it over to you. What do you think about Chihiro's parents? I mean, we can cover you can cover the whole story with Chihiro's J parents. Or J like, Hans? J Moans. Okay. Because I was like, I already talked about the parents a little bit, but I'll talk more. So No, yeah. No, so the dad, uh hold on, I have his name. Akio. Oh, it's, good. I, it's, I didn't even get that one. Yeah, yeah. Akio and Yuko are the, are the parents. Um I I've, I have the Ghibli wiki up right now for name references uh i I like how you know the like i said the parents especially yeah the adults especially the parents of the the main characters are usually kind of just more adventurous than the kids themselves 
And in this instance, like the whole reason this journey starts is because the dad's like, no, like we're going to explore this. We're going to do this. Like there's got to be something over here. And so he's kind of the one who kind of like gets this journey going. And the mom is like, like, what are you doing? Like, no, let's just go back. Let's head back. But then eventually she follows him. Uh, And so they're kind of the whole reason that this movie starts. And and I guess in Mm -hmm. a way, that's kind of why I like them is because, you know, without them, we wouldn't have this movie, you know, or right. She wouldn't have gone on this whole adventure. So, but I do find it weird that I'm, unless it's stated somewhere, there's some kind of like magical presence that kind of enthralls them to sit at this table and just eat an exorbitant yeah. amount of food. Yeah. And I gotta say, when they're yeah. eating, food looks great, but man, the dad like eats a whole piece of something at one yeah. point. And I'm like, yeah, oh my gosh, and it's like oily, and I'm like, God, no, like you can't just Dude, do yeah. that. But I, I I like the parents in this movie a lot because I think they're they're pretty funny while they're in the movie. Yeah, I mean, I'll pass it to you, uh, Jack Henry. But man, yeah, the pigs in this movie are horrifying. Like. Oh, yeah. There's like a fear that there's like a weird primal fear I have when she like finds her parents after they've been turned into ki- like pigs, and the spirit yeah. like whips the dad uh, away the, and it's the, like fly swatter and he's just like, <laughs> dude, it's because we watched his kids. It's because we watched his kids. That's why it's yeah. like, it has this weird fear of like these pigs I, going. I, yeah, yeah exactly. what I kind of love about the parents is there's like still sort of this like even though it is a. Uh, a Japanese movie, it, there's like still this sort of cross culture, like all dads are the same kind of, <laughs> right, all moms yeah. are the same because, you know, there's these like parents just kind of like show up, like they feel very much like American parents in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, like yeah. we were laughing before the, uh, the, <laughs> we started recording about this just line that the dad says as they're like yeah. sitting down to eat. And he's like, Chihiro's like, we, we shouldn't be doing this. And he's like, it's all right. You've got daddy here. He's got credit cards and cash. And it's like, which is absolutely uh, just it's a, a hilarious line. line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they just like, yeah, they're, they're just like, they can, I think that's what's interesting is Chihiro is going into this new place Um, And so she is uncertain, like she hasn't uh, figured out how to just belong in a place and where like the opposite is her parents who are just like, yeah, we're going to go home or we're going to go to this new like weird world and, you know, uh, we'll make ourselves at home. We'll move right in um, almost to obviously to a fault um, mm-hmm. and just like basically go for it. And so I think there's this great sort of, um, yeah, con- contrast between like Chihiro and her parents of like, they're just, they're just going for it. They, you know, they're eating this food that isn't theirs. Um, they're, yeah, just kind of going in and making themselves at home. Um, yeah. And so, when they obviously start eating the food, uh, Chihiro leaves for a moment, which we can, you know, get into in a sec. But she leaves and then she comes back and she's like, you know, standing behind her parents and she's like, Mom, Dad, we've got to we've got to get out of here. And they both like kind of turn and you see that mm-hmm. they're like these half um, half men, half 
pigs, uh, sort of, you know, end of animal farm esque yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they like, you know, are still just like eating this food. And then this like hand comes out that you can't see the body. And it's like, smacking them with a fly swatter and then they like fall back into their like you know uh the food that has fallen on the ground and she like screams and runs away um and so it's like yeah this sort of horrifying scene of you know that is how chihiro is separated from her parents as they get turned into pigs and so at first she's like are these my parents uh because they're wearing her parents clothes um but they've turned into these monstrous uh monstrous swine um yeah and so yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's such a good moment i i'll move on here a little bit and i'm gonna save chihiro's parts like we're gonna be talking about chihiro through this whole thing like she's kind of instrumental in a lot of the other characters and so i feel like we'll probably discuss Chihiro by not discussing her. Mm-hmm. But moving on to Haku. So he's like the next big character that's introduced. And I love when he's introduced because the soundtrack like has been great throughout the whole movie. And there's like a mysticism about him where he you're not even quite sure if you can trust him yet. And there's something that I think is so good about this movie that every time I watch the movie, I still want to see what happens. Even though what I know exactly what happens, there's something about the reveal and the real moment, the sense of danger when Chihiro does lose her parents, that they turn into pigs that you're like, Oh my gosh, like this is not. And I mean, and that all culminates with, you know, Chihiro running to the shore and the water's risen. And then she sees that barge and then the, the spirits come off the barge and there's, one of my favorite shots is you just see the floating masks and the moment they step foot on the island, their robes kind of like mm-hmm. bloom from the mask and it's so good. Yeah. I mean, I I do think, and this is an interesting point, I do think there is some kind of, I don't know, magnetism about the bathhouse and about that little town outside of the bathhouse that does draw in their parents, you know? Yeah. And I think Chihiro feels that. I think, it's kind of signaled very subtly by like the wind and like how they're being pushed in and how they smell the food. Like uh-huh. I do think there's a purposeful, this is kind of like a well that like, like a whirlpool almost. And it sucks mm-hmm. in people who do get too close. And you see that. I mean, even Haku has to give Chihiro that food cause she has to eat the food of the spirit worlds. Otherwise she just will not exist because she can't exist in this world. Yeah, I, and, I love know, the yeah. I love the scene where Chihiro like first walks up to the bathhouse, and like yeah. everything else in this town, uh, you know, barring the the food that has been left out, it's it's a ghost town. Um, but she walks up, and there's like s- this black smoke, you know, basically going mm-hmm. up from the chimneys, and um, it's like this very ominous and imposing thing. But there's almost like yeah, this mystery of like what's what's inside here, um, yeah. And then that's when you meet Haku, and he's like, "Yeah, you shouldn't be here. It's almost dark. The, they're turning on the lights, or or whatever yeah. he says." And that's when she runs back to find her parents as pigs. As pigs. Yeah. But I just love just the the visual aesthetic of of the bathhouse is is yeah phenomenal. It's great, and I, I mean to delve into Haku a little bit more, I. 
the one aspect about this movie that I wish we did get more on is his is the reveal at the end where it is revealed that he is like the spirit of the river, you know, mm-hmm. the dragon spirit mm-hmm. of the river and how he saved Chihiro when she was little. You know, she tried to she almost drowned in the river yeah. and I wish we gotten more of that that reveal happens really quick. Mm-hmm. Um but that's like the one thing where I'm like, I wish I could have seen just a little bit more of a flashback or like a little bit more of a hint. But it, in a way, I kind of like that it doesn't linger on it because it's really not. It's more of like an evolution of like a character arc for Haku and Chihiro and less of like a important plot beat that the movie needs to hit because it happens there, right at the end. Yeah, there is a moment because I uh, and we'll talk about this later, but I watched this was the first time I watched the Japanese, like, um, you know, subtitled version. And there is, I think when he is like talking to her, when she's like fading, um, and he says her name, she's like, how do you know my Mm. name? And he, he says something, I think it's a little, uh, I think there was something a bit lost in the English uh, dub, but he says like, I know your name because we've met before. I've known you for a long time now. And it's, it is subtle, yeah. but I think there's a bit more, mm. um, more there in the Japanese language version. Um, yeah. Which, uh, speaking of that little moment, um, I wrote this down because, you know, uh, we actually talked about this um, when you were talking about Hades, but there's this moment of, uh, that I think kind of, um, was influenced by the the myth of of uh, Persephone. Um, you know, mm. she eats the uh, pomegranate seeds um, yeah. from Hades, oh, that's so a that great he can connection. keep her uh, yeah. in uh, in the underworld. And so, I think, mm-hmm. obviously, I think we're not really supposed to trust Haku there. Yeah. Um, and so I think that just sort of adds to it is like, okay, why he's giving her food so that she can, you know, not disappear. And so there's, I think there's li- a little bit less of sort of an ominous tone there, obviously, mm. because, you yeah. know, Haku is like trying to care for her, but there is still this um, connection there between, you know, the Greek myth of Hades and Persephone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just, I noticed that and found it very Ooh. interesting. Yeah. That's a great call. Um, Jack, I'm just going to say one quick thing and then I'll pass it to you for Haku. But a couple in my notes I wrote down, I love how you get hints of what of Haku's dragon form as he's like running with Chihiro through the, uh, you know, through the bathhouse and through the town. And there's like a lots of really quick winding shots where they seem like they're moving almost too fast. And I love it. It's very much like almost like he is like a river and it's like a rushing like mm, momentum yeah. thing. I think that's really cool. I also love in his dragon form. I one of the issues I have with Disney movies is, and this is not like a I don't know a, a damning issue, but you know Disney movies we can show you know Mufasa dying, you know we can well they don't actually we can, show him and dying. We, the character can react to that and it can be a, <laughs> well I mean you know but the, you can have yeah. Simba going up to his corpse and being like dad, um, but. Uh, I do like in this movie how visceral like the blood and just his dragon form is like the moment after he gets attacked by the little paper 
I don't know, the little paper spirits. And he like flies out and like splats the blood on like the doors and like the balcony. I'm like, yeah. God, it's so yeah. good. Like it's just like he feels dangerous. And there's something that's really compelling about her. Or even when she has to like reach into his mouth to give him the medicine. And oh, yeah, it's just like, and you're like, God, he could just take her arm off. Like it's very, visceral. it wouldn't be hard. And it's just, yeah, it's really good. So Jack, uh, what do you think about Haku? Yeah, well, just a quick, you know, that's kind of a thing with most Studio Ghibli movies is that when it comes to like anything that's like violent or there's like blood, it's all done in a very visceral way, especially in something mm-hmm. like um, oh, Princess Mononoke. Like that movie especially, it's done very well. So I just want to say we'll talk about that more when you know whenever it comes up. But I always appreciate how they do, you know, violence in these movies because it feels, like you said, more raw. And like I said, like yeah. three times now, visceral. <clears throat> Haku, strange looking boy, because he's like dragon. <laughs> you know, he's he's like he is part, a little strange looking, yeah. Because he's part dragon, um, but you know, you don't know that until mm-hmm. the end when he like starts turning into a dragon, that kind of stuff. But he is strange. <laughs> like, if I was, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't. It's not strange because if I was a ten year old girl, maybe you know, it wouldn't be, but. If I was like, I'm so frightened of this world, and this guy comes up and goes, look, you're disappearing. Eat this food. I'd be like, excuse me? You know, but I mean, I think also he kind of has some, the way he talks in the beginning, especially is kind of like, it's okay. Why are you here? You know, like, and a lot of characters kind of do talk like that in the English adaptations, but I always kind of find that funny. I do like the part where he's leading her across the bridge and she's having to hold her breath. Mm, and then yeah. at the very end, like, she can't hold her breath anymore, so they have to start, you know, running. It's really good. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, Haku, I think, is a good character throughout the movie. Um, I like how you kind of see him find himself with Chihiro's help. So, yeah. Yeah, he's a lot of the motivation for why Chihiro does things in the movie. He kind of mm-hmm. sets her up, and, you know, he is the... Uh, the spirit guide almost. I mean, yeah. like he gets her a job like, and I wonder if that's cause he knows that she's like the one that can like save him essentially. You know? Yeah. yeah. I'm not too sure because there is an interesting, an interesting shift that happens with the spirits because of Shihiro. And we'll get into that. I think as we talk about like the end of the movie, but yeah, I, I mean, and the whole twin witch sister thing and like there is, I think, an interesting message there, but I honestly, I don't quite know if I know what they were going for as far as, cause like in my mind at the end with Chihiro, it always feels like she's grown. You know what I mean? It's very much like the Alice in Wonderland thing. Like she goes through this, you know, journey discovers more about herself, you know, the strength that she has and is able to take that. But I do think there is something that happens within the spirit world, but you know, I, want to take this moment i know you know we could talk about you know uh kamaji and lynn next and we will but boiler man how can you not yeah i want to instead take it in a different direction and talk about no face you know i i love god i love how there's a really subtle detail when jack you just brought up when she's having to hold her breath to cross that bridge but no face does look at her when she's holding her breath. So no face can see her even before she lets out her breath, which is, I think is really interesting. And 
I, if I would have, I wish I would have done more research into No Face, but God, talk about where a lot, I think the weirdness of the movie comes in is of No Face. I mean, Chihiro opens the door for him and it's all, he's almost like a vampire in that aspect. Like, cause yeah. once he's invited inside, then mm-hmm. he like starts to be corrupted, not by his own like means but almost by what he's eating like what he is ingesting and what he's i don't know absorbing changes him yeah and i think that's such a cool idea and you see it i mean it comes to a head when he turns into the huge monster and is chasing her and splattering his gunk everywhere and throwing up and you know like <laughs> yeah oh my gosh you know what so i was i'm looking at the little wiki for spirit for um no face no Face is an original character created by Miyazaki that previously mm. didn't exist in Japanese mythology. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. That's and I was like, that seems like the one that would come from mythology, like, even more so. But I'm, I'm telling you, like what Jack said, this movie goes beyond the imagination. So, yeah. And yeah. Like, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. I, Jack uh, to kind of like go into, you talked about like Chihiro has like you know, her story where she like by the end has developed as a character. I think what's great is the sort of like co-characters in this, like Haku goes, has Mm -hmm. his own like small arc. No face has his own small arc. We'll get into, uh, the baby also has an arc like, and it's, it's really, even if it's like condensed, I think it's really, really good. I mean, like no face, begins i i think there's a lot of subtlety to how no face is presented as a character where they don't really explain um like really who he is but just how he acts is Mm -hmm. um is how we uh interpret like who he is as a character like i i think of him as um this character that is like an outcast in society Mm -hmm. um and shihiro was the you know only or first person to really show him kindness um and Mm -hmm. so i think there's like his arc is kind of all about in a weird way almost falling in love with Chihiro and basically trying to I guess repay um like that kindness to her but Mm -hmm. he just doesn't know how to and so he's trying to give her gold he's trying to yeah give her these things that so that she will basically love him back I guess um yeah but she keeps saying you know you you can't give me what I want, you know, yeah. her, her goal is to save her parents and, and get out of this place and survive. And he keeps trying to like give her these material objects. Um, and yeah, she, she says this later, but, um, she's like, we have to get him out of here. This place is not good for him. Yeah. Um, he is like consumed by, indulgence and consumed by all of these people like lavishing you know food and um uh, basically lavishing all these different uh you know spoils and and whatnot um but they don't love no face 
you know yeah they're just giving him things and he's eating these things up you know he's eating the people and it's transforming him into a monster um, but mm-hmm. he still like is seeking out you know chihiro's throwing gold everywhere yeah 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 because in a way he thinks that's what's going to bring these people to him or bring chihiro to him so i i find yeah. no face just to be a very very interesting and like deep character even without you know a lot of like like he doesn't talk until mm-hmm. um he eats the the frog guy and like yeah. you know tr- sort of transforms into him and even then like his dialogue is pretty sparse mm-hmm. so i i yeah I, I find him to be just a very yeah interesting character and being yeah. like a sub antagonist in some yeah. regards. So yeah, no face is great. I, I love that little scene where after Chihiro is getting away and she's like, I think Lynn is like boating her away in the little uh, raft and he like goes up on that pipe and just falls off. Yeah. <laughs> in the water. Yeah. <laughs> such a good little scene. <laughs> yeah. He like, you, uh, you don't see his like legs really until yeah. he like jumps like, off Ooh. and then you like his like sort of <laughs> shadowy cape kind of flies up with him and you see his like <laughs> little feet and it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jack, do you have anything to add about no face before we move on here? I mean, no face is just a really interesting character. I mean, I don't have much to add Jack. Uh, Jay hands kind of said it all, but I do mm-hmm. like how he kind of takes over the personalities and kind of becomes like who he consumes and it just seems like the more he consumes like the more like you know he doesn't know what to become and kind of loses himself basically uh yeah it just i I do remember as a kid though along with the pigs no face kind of freaked me out because i feel like i walked in when he was like eating people after i had thrown up the pigs so you know yeah yeah i don't (laughs) i don't know and then vomiting them up yeah i mean but like you said he's in kind of one of the in a really good titular scene with Chihiro when they're both sitting in the train, you know, and there's that yeah. scene that you've seen, like it's on tons of like, you know, lo-fi compilations on YouTube, you know, just like them kind of rocking back and forth and the trains going and like, it's, yeah. this movie's kind of everywhere and no face is kind of, you know, he's a ironically, iconic. ironically, he's the face of the mm. movie in a way. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love, I think, you know, as Jack Henry said, like this, this movie is mainly about Chihiro, and I love how when she does have to confront the uh, I don't know the gluttonous Two Face, you know she is that is when Chihiro is hit like her confidence, and this shows how much she's grown. And so I think, you know, they everything is like in service to that idea, but just because it's in service doesn't mean that it's not important. And so. Uh, Jack, I'll I'll toss it to you. I I do want to talk about maybe kind of as a group because yeah, they are big characters. I mean, Kamaji, I think more so, but just kind of the staff of the bathhouse. So you got Kamaji, you got Len, you got all the extra workers. I mean, you got the little frog guy, you got the greedy semi-human type person, semi-weird frog-esque person, you know, the overseer, yeah, the guy who controls everything. Um but yeah, what do you think about kind of just the staff of the bathhouse? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to like uh, Kamaji, he's a. Re- I like how he's introduced and you Kamaji, see him. Yeah. He's got like hunched over pulling yeah. these levers and stuff like that, you know. And it's just like, yeah, what are you doing here? And like, is like all these like little suit 
or like soot little guys who walk around carrying, you know, coal and it's little soot balls. Yeah, it's it's yeah. really. I love. Them. I like how he's introduced, and he's a very Studio Ghibli character, and like I think that's why he sticks out so much, is because he's very. He's got the huge mustache. He's got like those really small, you know, sunglasses, and he's like a person, but just with you know six arms or whatever. So it's yeah, it he's a very interesting character to to kind of look at. If I could interject real quick. Yeah. I love in my notes I wrote I love the realization of the world and how everything is designed around how the characters are like Kamaji's arms yeah and his whole workstation is designed around his character and I think that's mm-hmm. so good like it's not just like an afterthought I mean you even see it like when he stretches his arm back and he like counts the boxes to find whatever herb he needs and then opens it pulls it closes it you know what I mean yeah like yeah. it's there's a lot of details really well done and so I think for me personally, he's one of the ones that sticks out a lot. And when it comes to just people who work there, because, you know, he kind of has a bit more screen time or if maybe not as much, but it's very like, you know, when Kamaji's on screen, like he's on screen, like he's kind of, you know, the setting in a sense. And so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a really great presence. Yeah. And I mean, just being kind of the first, like, I don't know. Haku is like, very human looking mm-hmm. and Kamaji being kind of the first like actual character that is kind of um, strange and, and, you know, part of this like spirit world that we actually like talk to. I think he's, he's just such a great presence as kind yeah. of being the, yeah, the, the boiler room man, the guy that is below everything and, and working all the time. And he has these little soot balls that do his bidding. So I love the, love the soot balls. Yeah. I love the, uh, the little stars they eat. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good because it's like, I love how even with the sit balls going into like the realization of the world, like even the sit balls like have a like their little home and they have personalities beyond just being like cute set dressing and and purpose, yeah, yeah. And I again, as with Chihiro's parents, both Kamaji and Lin, when they're first introduced, there's like a running theme of like figures in power or figures who are above Chihiro. They like don't really help her. There's that moment where you know, the little soot sprite drops the lump of coal and Chihiro is like, oh my gosh. And she goes and picks it up and Kamaji's like, hey, finish the job. And so she goes and finishes the job and then all the other soot sprites are like, oh, we need help. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, you can't just take people's jobs. And it's like, but he, you told her to finish it. <laughs> like, what do you, I'm like, what do you expect to happen? Yeah, and it's, uh, it's really good because even though they are kind of harsh to her, there is a warmth to them. And I mean... I mean, Jack Henry, if you want to talk about, like, Lynn for a little bit, I think that her character is that perfect exemplification of somebody who's very harsh on Chihiro, but, like, yeah. also has her back. Like, Yeah, well, yeah, Lynn shows up in the bathhouse and, uh, you know, is feeding the soot balls, these little, like, almost, like, sprinkle stars, and I laugh yeah. every time I see that just because <laughs> it's so... It, for some reason, it, 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 it tickles me. Um, mm. but then she sees Chihiro and she's like, Hey, who the heck are you? Oh, you're the human that everybody's been looking for. And prior to this, like Kamaji has been, uh, 
kind of like, hey, go away. And when Lynn yeah. is like, hey, you're the human, I'm going to basically sell you out. Uh, Kamaji's like, nah, she's my granddaughter. And so <laughs> it's kind of the first the first moment where, like, you know, someone has, like, sh- or shown her some kindness, even though they, like, didn't have to. And mm-hmm. him saying she's my granddaughter doesn't make sense. You're like, what? yeah, <laughs> how? Excuse uh, me. But then, then Lynn is like, "All right, I guess I'll help you out. Uh, just don't like get in my way." She helps her out for some some roasted newt, which Kamaji. <laughs> yeah, has, which is an which interesting is, interesting is, touch. Is great. Um, but yeah, I wrote I wrote this down specifically because, uh, like. Lynn Lynn calls her lazy and spoiled and crybaby and bum, like all uh, throughout kind of uh, her leading her through the bathhouse, um, yeah. And it's just like man, harsh and and you you get the sense that yeah, all these people have their job. They don't want someone getting in the way. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but you know. Lynn and like Chihiro do kind of form this like friendship or maybe even like somewhat of a mentorship. Um, and I think you kind of see this. I'm trying to remember specifically where it, I think it's when, uh, Oh, I think it's kind of after the stink spirit, but like Lynn Mm. shows up and gives Chihiro these like, buns like um, yeah like uh i guess w- what would you call them like pork buns or yeah whatever. they're and like, they, like just know, sit kinda, yeah. sit on the like balcony of the uh the bathhouse and just like eat the eat the buns and lynn talks about like wanting to get out of the bathhouse and so you see that like sh- in in her way she's like trying to work to get away from this place. And so she, you know, prior to this, prior to her befriending Chihiro, she's like trying to, yeah, not let anybody get in Mm -hmm. her way. You know, she's got to, um, uh, you know, fend for herself. And even Lynn sort of seems isolated from the rest of the workers in a way. And so I think Mm -hmm. she becomes Mm -hmm. a good mentor for Chihiro because like, that's, that's like, who Chihiro is is she is so isolated from everything around her and it's her trying to yeah survive that that isolation um and so I think I think Lynn is yeah this great character uh later on in the character or you were talking about her rowing away in, <laughs> yeah in the little thing and no face is like swimming after Chihiro <laughs> after uh Chihiro like goes on the train tracks and uh mm-hmm. uh yeah, Lynn, it, it's kind of the last moment you, like, really see Lynn, but she's like, no face, if you hurt her, you're going to pay. And yeah. I don't know, I don't know, that just, like, hit me in some way, and I was, like, kind of tearing up a little bit. I, I told Jack, Jack was before crying. this, but, like, on, I, I wasn't, well, I was, like, there were, like, several moments where I was just, like, man, this is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which... Yeah, I, I think I teared up more at this watching of it than than any of the past ones. So, but for some reason, like Lynn just being like, "No face, you better watch out." And it's, it's like, right. "Oh, this is so good." For so, me, it's almost yeah. like I think I think I told Jack this, but you 
when you watch this when you're younger, you kind of don't understand how adults form relationships, you know, and how some adults find, find it like really hard to, you know, form new relationships. And so when I think you develop those relationships and you see that as an adult, you can understand where Lynn's coming from a lot more, you know? And so you're able to be like, mm-hmm. oh, like she actually like deeply cares about Chihiro. It's not just kind of like, I'm saying this because, you know, I need to, but she's like, she cares about her, wants her to be okay. So, yeah. 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 Back to, real quick, back to Kamaji. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Also, when he later on in the movie, um, uh, Chihiro has, you know, saved Haku from being killed. um, And uh, she's like, I've got to go find Zaniba, which we're kind of going all over the place here. But, uh kamaji gives her the train tickets and he's like yeah i've been saving these for a long time but i want you to have them that was the moment that i was like oh my goodness i was like yeah really really tearing up right there i was like so good yeah yeah so. the him having the train tickets i think is a great like that's just a great moment yeah. because he seems to be even more so, like, there seems to be, like, you know, you have all the workers of the back house. You have somebody like Lin. But I would say, like, you know, Kamaji seems to be very integral to how the bathhouse functions. Like, everybody kind of oh, treats yeah. him with respect. Like, they know he works hard. And, you know, that's just that's just what he's doing. Like, he's keeping everything running. And so I think he's the perfect one to have the train tickets. Yeah. So, up next, we got, I think, probably... One of the biggest roles in the movie is what Yubaba and Zaniba, the twin witch sisters, and then of course Yubaba has the really freaky head things, which the I don't know the three male heads that are just like hor- 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 <laughs> the green like jumping around. the green heads, yeah. Yeah. and then she has a like giant baby, around. yeah. <laughs> I, I love which, the baby. The giant baby's horrifying. I it's... I love that moment when Chihiro is hides in the pillows. And the baby's, <laughs> yeah, she's like, let go of my arm. And he's like, I'll break your arm if you don't play with me. You're like, oh it my It is kind of horrifying. <laughs> <in the blade. Yeah. laughs> it's like, don't leave me. There's germs yeah, out but, there. And I was like, that hits different after. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. Like, <laughs> right. The fact that you, know, you have these twin witches in this movie is just weird. Like, and they look exactly the same. They have both of like, the giant head. It's just, it's a very dude it's it's like zelda man the very weird mm. character god i gotta time. say though you know i because everything we keep hearing about yubaba and the you know the head of the bathhouse you know when she finally comes in and Shihiro signs her you know signs her soul away basically and yubaba takes her name and changes her name to sin which is just one of the characters in Shihiro. it's uh i love that part i mean there's something about like how big like Jack like you said like how big her head is and when she comes like face to face and like her nose is like as big as like Chihiro's like waist like you know what I mean like she's yeah. huge and her magic yeah. is really well done you know the magic in this is never really explained or like given rules but it never feels like it's used to save anybody or change like the nature of events the magic is just like oh they're spirits and they have magic great mm-hmm. and you see it you know when yubaba is like arranging things after 
you know, the baby's destroyed stuff. And she's like using her magic to put the papers back on the desk. And I love how there does seem to be some kind of like honor code between spirits to where it's like she can't refuse Chihiro a job. Like she really tries, but like ultimately when it comes down to mm-hmm. yes or no, she can't. Yeah. And I, I've always really liked that, like how there's like a bargaining power. And the Haku is the one who informs her of that. And, you know, it's actually Lin who later on says, oh, man, Haku's just, you know, the the apprentice of the witch. And so that, you know, yeah, cast sort of like the Haku might be, yeah. yeah, might be kind of just like does her dirty work or whatever he does. But, yeah, uh, Jack Henry, I'll toss it to you. What do you got? You can include Zaniba in this because I feel like Zaniba takes up a really small part. But yeah. what do you think about Yubaba and Zaniba? Yeah, I don't I don't have like a lot. I just um when you were talking about like uh Chihiro like signing her name away, there's like a moment where um Yubaba's like standing behind her and she does this thing with her fingers where she like it's almost sort of spider like and she like mm-hmm. she has these long like red fingernails and her like hand is like bigger than Chihiro's like, like face. face yeah and she's yeah. like crawling up yeah i know exactly what you're talking her, about yeah. with her like spider-like hand and then she does this thing of like cutting someone's throat but it's with her fingernails and it's the creepiest thing also yeah with the uh japanese voice actress um uh that plays yubaba and zaniba um she does something at that moment but she like starts really low pitched when she's like speaking to Mm. chihiro and then she like gets steadily higher and higher pitched and it almost like uh, it it's like so unnerving at that moment of just how she um yeah is like threatening chihiro in this moment and it's uh it it like sent shivers down my spine um but yeah, she's she's just this great sort of like <clears throat> managerial presence, but also it's like she is the main antagonist of of the film. Yeah. She's the one that you know uh, takes Chihiro's parents away after they get turned to pig. She you know gets Chihiro to sign her name away and like work for her. Um. And she's the one like running everything. But you also, I think, see these moments where, um, you know, she, even though she is evil, um, there are these moments of like, like love and kindness and not just to like yeah. her child, uh, which is like her, uh, her uh, interacting with, with the baby, this giant baby is always just so so funny <laughs> it's weird um, yeah she's like oh come here baby and it's like mama. mama uh and uh but there i think there's moments <laughs> like when chihiro is um like during the sort of stink spirit uh yeah. scene where uh you know you see her kind of impressed with with what chihiro is doing yeah um and so i think that sort of I guess realism to a character is um yeah just gives it a better flavor than her just being kind of always evil like it, it's more yeah. realistic she's not totally evil there's um you know moments of 
I guess, goodness. So it adds like some ambiguity there. So, um, yeah. But yeah, she is I... just the, the head of this bathhouse and she's kind of always, you know, she can turn into this weird bird thing. So she's kind yeah. of always like flying around, like looking down on people. Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the major scenes of the movie is that stink spirit thing. And that's actually kind of what gets Chihiro confidence and then kind of raises her status within the bathhouse. Yeah. And it's also, I believe, that's the first moment that Chihiro, because the stink spirit turns out to be just another river spirit. Mm-hmm. But it's also the moment that Chihiro has that connection with Haku as well. Because, like, when she's in the water, I think she gets, like, that weird vision she, of her yeah. shoe going yep. away. So that's a nice, like, kind of tie back. Yeah. But, uh, Jack, I'll pass it to you. I I love the part with that the stink spirit and how then, you know, Yubaba, she conjures the rope after Sin's like, oh, there's something stuck. There's like a thorn. And, you know, they're trying to pull it out and the whole bathhouse is going. Like, even like the the customers seem like they're invested in whatever is happening, you know. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Shihiro has all the nice bath tokens because uh, No Face gave them to her. You know, yep. people are like, where did she get those? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but Jack, what can you tell me about that that river spirit part? I, I love that part. Absolutely. I think it's so good. Well, I mean, so when it comes to just like Yubaba and her twin sister, which Ziniba, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they're just kind of like really good antagonists when it comes to kind of keeping the whole like story of the movie actually moving and like kind of giving Chihiro a reason mm-hmm. to pursue as much as she does. Because I think Haku, when he's like, yeah, if you, she'll give you a job, that kind of stuff, you know. Hey, Ellie. She gives you a job, that kind of stuff. Um, sorry, Ellie's been like crazy this whole recording session. <laughs> oh, you're okay. Um, you're fine. So, I just lost. I lost my train of thought. Hold on, give me one second. You're talking about you, Bobbins, and you, Bobbins. Yeah, okay. And so, I, I like. It's like what Jack said. You, they kind of both have these, you know, these good and the bad. And I feel like, you know, when it comes to having like luxuries and kind of doing things for them well especially you baba you know because she owns the bathhouse you kind of see that she basically enslaves all these people takes their names away and you know yo you can leave as soon as you remember your name but no one can remember their names and so they're just kind of working there forever and mm-hmm. you just i don't know well i mean what can be said that jack hasn't already really said honestly it's just they're really good right. characters they have some really good moments especially when it comes to you know, Chihiro, uh, just initially kind of becoming, you know, like signing her name away, gets her new name, Zen, and, you know, all the scenes with Haku and everything are just, they're all really good, so. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, at this point, I feel like we've kind of covered most of the characters. I mean, there are, there's a pretty big, like, you know, cast characters, but I feel like we've hit the main ones. Gotta talk uh, about Jack baby. Henry. Yeah, I mean, we can talk. We can talk about the baby more. I <laughs> no, mean, I, I just love the baby. Yeah, no, we can. Yeah, take it away, hilarious. man. Talk about the baby. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, his his whole arc is he's a baby. He wants to be played with. <laughs> uh, he gets turned into a mouse by uh, uh, Zaniba, uh, Yubaba's yeah. sister, um, and then through becoming a mouse, he learns that he can, you know, uh, walk on his own um, in in a very like yeah. Uh, real sense um yeah yeah, there's like uh he's got his little 
little bird friend, um, which I want to mm. I want to talk about when when Zaniba turns them both into like a mouse and the little like gnat bird. There's this great like gnat sound of the bird, like <laughs> yeah. and then like it hits the ground, it goes, and it's it's the perfect. Uh, sound yeah. effect um but yeah the baby he uh yeah gets turned into a mouse um learns to stand on his own two feet uh and then like gets turned back into the baby at the end and he's like mama if you hurt sen i won't be friends with you anymore and it's <laughs> the baby's kiss. yeah so yeah i uh, the yeah. bar where haku's like you haven't even noticed it's not your own child and she's like wait what <laughs> she like the things like eating and then it like cuts yeah. away and turns back and it's like one of the heads on top and it like looks he goes oh oh and then <laughs> and they, they like, like jump boom, away boom, out the door and one like <laughs> close the bites door <laughs> the, bites the like door handle to open it up yeah and they, oh, 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 oh. yeah uh, so funny god so guys at this point you know i think we really just have to talk about some of the as we wrap things up here talk about just some of the best points in the movie and i've already brought up mine but of course mine is the train ride scene at the end i absolutely love the imagery of the water rising and how that train track is partially submerged and it's just like this endless expanse of water you're actually gonna get it. It's very similar in like Ponyo. I think Ponyo delves a little bit more into that idea more. But there's very much that idea where the world is kind of hidden away and the only access is this train. And that train part is so strong that I often wonder like where they came up with that moment in development. You know, I could see them structuring the movie around this train moment because there's something about man the the spirits as they get on and get off and how they're going to like almost the last stop and just you know joe hasashi comes in here with the piano and it's just there's like a stoic just grace about that part that i think i hope that in some of my work i can kind of capture that again i mean the idea of like sitting on a train and watching the world go by and yeah you know, you're kind of in this isolated pocket of like momentum for a moment. So you feel like you're going somewhere, but like you have no idea where you're going. And it's just, and Chihiro at this point doesn't even think she can get back. I mean, like she basically has been like, all right, well, I'm gonna take the train and then I guess I'll just walk back. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, but how? Like you go, you travel in this train all day. Like, so, you know, you guys can talk about Jack Henry. I'll pass it to you first here, but any of those moments in the movie that just really stick out to you as like, if you needed to show this movie to like convince somebody to watch it or parts that you would say, Hey, when you watch the movie, like pay attention to this part. Like what's what pops into your mind? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I love that. The, the moment on the train. Um, I don't know. I, I think I, yeah, there's, there's just, I think the movie is filled with these moments of just, wonder um even though it's kind of like there is like always this ominous presence to Mm -hmm. everything but there's just these great moments of just beauty and wonder and and sort of quietness like even inside the bathhouse you know there's this like 
evil presence um kind of always there but it's still like yeah there there's just these great moments of um yeah of wonder and so in in the same way charlie you were talking about um like wanting to present that in your own creative work like in the same Mm. way like me as a as a a writer filmmaker yeah how do I do that in the same way and and even though kind of my uh, aspirations tend to be more uh like live action I think there is Mm -hmm. still a way to present things um in in just these like wondrous moments of uh yeah of I, I don't know i'm trying to think of like the right words to say it 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 it, it kind of um yeah of just beauty and sort of this like almost i would guess like sp- spiritual uh yeah. sense um so yeah I, th- I think the movie is filled with those um i i just love the like little moments of uh i think intentionality of Mm. the the like art and um uh i I think that's what really brings me in is you know this is a animated film but they don't they're not lazy with how they you know show movement and characters there's always something going on it's almost like you, if you blink, you're going to miss something. And that's why, like, rewatching, I always take in something new. Um, mm-hmm. There's moments like Chihiro putting her shoes on. Um, yeah. And she, like, taps her, like, mm. toes on the it. ground. Yeah. Uh, when she's, like, putting one of the uh, uh, tokens up, she, like, drops the first one. Mm-hmm. And it's like any other animated film to like save screen time would have just shown her doing that. But I think it's important to like, she fails, uh, she gets right back up. She puts another token in and goes for it. Um, I'm trying to think of other little moments. Uh, one of my favorite moments of all time in the film, because it makes me laugh is right after, uh, Chihiro like squishes the slug that has like inhabited <laughs> Haku. Yeah. Like one, her like whole body kind of like shivers shiver, because she's yeah. just like stepped on like barefoot on this like evil slug thing. But then like right after Kamaji is like doing this exposition <laughs> and the little balls are surrounding the mouse baby it, yeah. and they do the little like purge uh, <laughs> evil spirit away with their fingers. Yeah. And I laugh every <laughs> single time. The uh. little like they put their fingers together and then you break it with their arms and it's, it's incredibly cute, but also just absolutely hilarious. So it's, it's, I think just little moments of, of intentionality where they're always Mm. trying to pick up, even though it's an animated film, like they're trying to pick up these, uh, like make it as lifelike as possible. The subtle cues. Um, Where I think any, any other animated, like, piece of work like even live mm-hmm. action you don't you don't quite there there's parts of it that that you don't get that that intentionality there i mean we've talked about lion king you know they used like 
CG to make all the wildebeest. And I just don't see them doing something like that for Spirited Away. They like hand draw all these sort of background characters. So this world is just so vibrant and lived in. And so that's, yeah, that's where um, I think this this movie like really inspires me as like looking at uh, yeah being being intentional with everything in in your art form so yeah yeah uh jack real quick before i pass it over to you i i mean to speak to that intention that like intentionality of the film i mean well one of the early notes i took is when lynn goes well why don't you thank kamaji and chihiro turns around and smacks her head on the top of the shelf <laughs> and it's just like yeah. And nobody really reacts to it. It's not like it's played for comedy, but like, you know, yeah. like they didn't have to put that in. Like they didn't have to like include these extra details or like, it's just in the, the you know, it's just full of those moments. And I, I, it just kind of blows my mind. Cause it's like, there is very much this aspect of, no, this is purposely here because we need to hear to feel like this character, like she needs to feel like this space is real. And so while like it maybe is not lifelike, it makes it feel more of like, you know, it makes it feel more full. Like, Oh no, the world is real. Cause Chihiro can you know, hit her head. And so then we know, kind of know the rules. Like when she's squeezed into the elevator with the turn up spirit, mm. I mean, there's just so many of those moments that, make it feel like oh this is i understand this and i understand the rules and i think that's so important for the movie to like establish even if they are for hey like hey no this is what a little kid would do or this is how the situation would go it's like those steps elevate this movie above you know so many others in my mind so jack as uh we wrap up here i'll go ahead and um give you the final like talking point and then after you're kind of finished, Jack Henry and I, if we were you, if we want to go through our notes and just kind of pick out anything else that we feel like we missed. Yeah, yeah. I've or got not, like we can maybe go through that. one or two more things. Quick things, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. But Jack, as I mean, as we kind of wrap up, I mean, what is uh, what, what do you want to walk away with here? So, I mean, I think one of the biggest things, if you haven't seen this movie, which I'd be surprised if anyone from our generation hasn't seen it, because like it was one of the most like renowned movies when it came out, like globally. Um, but it's this movie is you give it 15 minutes and you're sucked into it almost immediately you know what I mean the amount of characters that are in this movie that aren't main characters but that have detail put into them are it's it's kind of you know not insane but it is crazy how many just side characters there are that don't ever talk really do anything but that Chihiro sees or that you know she slightly interacts with especially that crossing the bridge you see all those different kinds of spirits and like they're like forming and they're going in and out like it suddenly this town becomes alive and so one thing i just want to give people to think about is don't just look at the main the main characters maybe for on your first watch look at the main characters but second watch look at all the side characters that are around because they're all like this movie is alive like we've said many times all the side characters are kind of doing something doing their own thing or going through the work or their routines you know what i mean like nothing is just there just to be there it's all to make this world feel alive and full and i think this movie does a very good job of that so Mm -hmm. all right well as we come to the end here jack henry 
what what do you got what are the um, little little details that have escaped our conversation yeah i think just to kind of bring it back to you know we've talked about chihiro as a character through like the other characters but mm-hmm. i don't know um yeah i think each watch through i absolutely notice something new or different um and i think especially on this one not just watching through the like japanese language version um uh which i have some thoughts on that i'll get to at the very end but one thing i really noticed is as like chihiro grows through this this film um and this is like another moment of intentionality her sort of her whole posture changes Mm, um you can like see her in the first like couple scenes where she's like kind of hunched over um she's i mean she's kind of this skinny kind of almost fragile like little girl but by the end she's like standing up straight um i think especially in the scene where she confronts like the monster no face like Mm -hmm. she's very like calm um she's like sitting up straight um and like basically confronting him head on yeah um and i think just watching her like uh grow from a sense of like of just in how she moves and like holds herself is is really um is really interesting um from a uh, like voice standpoint it was interesting to like watch this for the first time like with subtitles um i think actually the uh the japanese voice actress um does something uh, a little different than what the uh, american voice actress does i think and it, it makes sense because like this is who Hero's character is, but the American voice actress um, almost has this sort of like whininess to her, which she mm-hmm. like loses near the end. Um, and I think it adds to that character, but there was something very like the Japanese voice actress felt more natural um, to the character there, I think there was a little bit more timidity, but also a bit mm. more like warmth in the voice, which I, I found like very interesting. Um, and like speaking upon, uh, like the voice acting, um, and sort of the differences in translation, most of it, I think, is is fairly similar like i've seen the 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 english version i mean probably you know at least probably 10 times maybe and so Mm -hmm. there's you know i've memorized like a lot of the lines and so there's a lot of it that is that is very similar to like the japanese translation the one thing i noticed and i actually really really liked is right at the very end um in the American version, uh, you know, Chihiro is looking back, um, you know, through the tunnel that goes into the spirit world and her parents are kind of talking behind her and then they get into the car mm-hmm. and they're like, um, basically like, you know, a new home, a new school that 
that's pretty scary. And like the last line of the film is, I think I can handle it. Yeah. And I think what's really, really great um, is in the Japanese version, her parents are like kind of talking. They don't mention her school. They don't mention their new home. They're just kind of like, hurry up, Chihiro. Interesting. Yeah. And then there's just silence. Like Chihiro hmm. doesn't get the last yeah. words. Like it's just she gets in the car and they drive away. And I think that moment of, you know, the dialogue, the last dialogue is when she is like turned facing towards the tunnel. And then it just like, as they're driving away, it's silent. Like they're not talking to each other. Yeah. And I think just the silence and the subtleness of that moment, like, and, and we sort of talked about the sort of Disneyfication of, of things I think that yeah. moment is really, really great in the Japanese version where they're not like sort of hammering home the the message, the yeah. message. We already know the message. And I think that right. moment of like resolve that Chihiro has when she's just turns away from the tunnel to like jump in the car and, and leave, I think is really, really special without saying anything. It's just this quiet moment. And I, I yeah, I, I find it really special. Yeah, that's that's a really good point because I often find it's that way. I mean, you know, I it's so funny. I was browsing through Netflix as as we do these days and you know, there's a new anime out and it of course has the uh the English dubbing. And they're I was laughing cuz they're always like, "And behold, I am the spirit of power." Ha! And I'm like, "Why do they do it like that? Like why do they like melodramatic and overact?" the whole part. And I think it is just like a difference in culture. Like there's more of a quietness and a subtlety that like, you know, Americans don't have, we do people do have it. I'm not trying to blanket coat, you know, entire culture, <laughs> but I do think there is a difference there in how we view it. And I, I mean, Jack, are you saying that makes me want to watch the whole movie again in Japanese? Cause yeah, like them not hammering that moment and just, comfortable enough to leave it in silence just have chihiro get in the car and drive it's like that's great like that almost is a stronger ending in my mind because you know before chihiro would respond chihiro would say she's stronger but it's like no she has changed now you know and they just let you sit with that and that's i think fantastic i mean if i can bring up a point it's kind of go for it. it it might be more you know it could be closer to the culture because you know I think Jack, Jack, he watched it, A Silent Voice. The ending of that movie, there's no words or anything like that explaining, like, you know, what the characters are feeling or what's going on. Um, God. <laughs> now my phone's alarm going off. There's a lot, like, you know, that's going on without a lot going on. And so it's, like, it's done mm-hmm. very well. Uh, and this movie, I think, is no exception, so. Yeah. Well, it's a friends? masterpiece. Yeah, I, I mean, I think straight I mean, up is just a masterpiece. Like, I, I, I would probably say it's in my probably top five films of all time. You know, yeah. and if I was as a as a filmmaker, I would say that Miyazaki is um, one of the the greatest I think filmmakers of all time, or at least like yeah. in my mind, one of the most inspiring for me. So yeah, yeah. I I have. I was like really excited to do this episode because I think when we did last of us, like there was still like us kind of 
perhaps a little bit conflicted about certain things yeah, and I still have some of those reservations, definitely. but with this film, there's like, I have nothing bad to say about it. I think, yeah, it, yeah. I think it's, I think it's a perfect film. Yeah. So yeah. You know, it's, it really does stand on its own. And I love how also the movie's kind of timeless. I mean, yeah. watching it as a kid, watching it now, you know, the movie doesn't, it, I mean, I guess it dates itself with maybe the style of clothes, but I imagine that you could watch this movie in 50 years and it would still invoke some yeah. of the same feelings. Yeah, there's, a, there's an agelessness to it. Yeah. And I think a lot of that just has to do with the mythology and the folklore aspect and just the removed mm-hmm. setting. I mean, I mean, you know, you could say, oh, the train dates it, but it's like, but everything in this world doesn't quite make sense. And so it's mm-hmm. way easier just to be like, oh, no, that's how it is. There's yeah. just a train. Yeah. Well, guys, I'll give you one last chance. Is there anything else, either of you, Jay Hens, Jack, that you guys would like to say about Spirited Away before I close out our episode and tell people all the good information about where to find us and where to go? I think I'm good. No. All right. You've got daddy here. He's got credit (laughs) cards and cash. (laughs) Oh, man. What what an incredible line. What an incredible line. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well guys that was spirited away the rack and collection chapter four episode five everyone out there if you enjoy what we do and you want to you want to support us you can follow the rack and collection on spotify i would say that's probably the easiest place to find our podcast and if you love us so much that you want to support us check us out on patreon we would always love more support and building a community over there i mean we're having some excited stuff now going with just a discord and, you know, trying to be more involved and feedback in any way always helps, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the normal places you can find us and uh, send us nice messages, you know, send us those reviews, tell your friends about us. I mean, anything like that usually helps. And I, I, you know, I've heard stories from most people who are like, Oh, Hey, I I asked somebody to listen to it and they really liked it or they were impressed with the audio quality. And I'm like, that's amazing. Cause you know that's great like somebody would care that much to listen to yeah we're all we're always trying to just talking for for hours but everyone i like that's all we got for yeah jack henry likes it and he he gives us he's one of the biggest critics yep (laughs) they've they've almost villainized me yeah i mean he's like he was good but this sucked i'm like okay well all right i I do feel like every every other episode they're like Jack and Rue would hate this. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> I know. no. <laughs> I, know I know it's, it's a kind joke, of but, uh, a running joke at this point. Yeah. 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 I think it's funny. Jack Henry is just a shadowy mastermind <laughs> that's like controlling the fact you're going Yeah, we're like, oh, what's that one song so... that goes like this? And Jack Henry's just sitting there going, God, this is why they're not ever going to get bigger. They just keep <laughs> singing. <laughs> we're like, you're it's like, so hard. What, what's this? What's this thing? And I'm just like, it's this. It's this. And they're like, ah, oh, we'll One never know. review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> the amount of times I have to correct these guys out loud, and I can't do anything about it. <laughs> but yeah, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And uh, as you know, Tyler Cunningham, who's provided us our wonderful tavern music, he's taken a break, and we got clumsy. He got Titan. lost in the bathhouse. <laughs> He got lost in the yeah, bathhouse, man. Spear he's, was he's not coming stolen. out. Stolen. Stolen. Spirited he, he, away. 
But Clumsy Titan is doing our music, and you're familiar with Clumsy Titan Who's at this point. That? Who is Clumsy Titan? <laughs> Um, you know, every everyone. I think I think that's I th- it. I think that is it. I think that's it. So uh, we'll leave you with the rest of your day. And I, you know, I hope it goes well. I hope your day yeah. is just filled with quiet Hopefully moments. This in the morning and moments for you to you finish think your about coffee. Stuff. So and you're able to go yeah. to work or hopefully not work and just relax. So thank you for having us on this morning. You're robbing the bank. Yeah, you know, this is just playing in the car. Robbing the bank police are going to use this as evidence because you were listening to it while you robbed the bank who knows who knows what you're doing whatever you're doing if you're robbing a bank you probably should stop but whatever you're doing i hope it goes probably should stop everybody goodbye all right see you guys later bye 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 we're entering the bathhouse (laughs) we're entering the bathhouse (laughs) kamaji all right see you bye guys Let it.